Hello and welcome back to the For Footsake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and on today's pod, we discuss the release of Icon Swaps 2 and Icon Moments. We also mention the potential promo for this Friday and give our takes on the state of gameplay after numerous recent patches. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, and we do have two returning guests and one new guest on the podcast today. First returning guest is Mark. Mark, welcome back. Thanks for having me yet again, Max. Pleasure to be here. Second returning guest is Greg Hartley. Greg, welcome back. Appreciate you having me on again, mate. And our new guest on the podcast today is Salonius. Salonius, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Mr. Brister. Appreciate it. No, no worries. Salonius, we always talk with our first some guests kind of how they got started with FIFA. So can you remember, go back to the start, when you first kind of got started playing FIFA? Um, so my first FIFA was 2002. Um, I played it on and off over the years. Um, and then the first FIFA I think I really got into was FIFA 17 when they introduced foot champs. Um, I thought I was pretty good at FIFA because I always used to be one of the best at my mates. And then we had foot champs in FIFA 17. I got top 100 in the first month. Um, played a lot more than my wife was happy with that month. <laughs> so I didn't really hit top 100 much more that year. And then on 18, I'd been streaming a little bit, thought I would give FIFA a proper go. Um, went full-time at qualified for an event, got signed by Footwiz and four years later, still doing FIFA. So, yeah. So when you kind of, you first realised that you were good at FIFA, like, so FIFA 17, you did you touch um, Ultimate Team before that or not? I played Ultimate Team probably. I, I'm a foot founder or was. I, I play Xbox mainly now, but was a foot founder on PS. I remember you paid like £16 for the mode back then. So I played it every year. Um, I think I, I just got a bit bored within a month or two because there wasn't really a way other than spending a lot of coins to get good players on the game. And then when they introduced foot champs, I'm a very competitive person. Um, like if I play a game, I like to see my rank, how good I am or not. Um, and then when they introduced foot champs, I liked the idea of rewards so you could actually build a better team. And yeah, like I said, happened. I was pretty decent at FIFA, so worked out. Yeah, it seems like it's gone pretty well for you. Um, we're going to go right into the topic. So the first topic we're going to go over today is the release of Icon Swaps 2. Again, I believe Icon Swaps this year have been pretty under, underwhelming. I know they have tried to include a lot of packs to, uh, to tempt people to go for them instead of the icons. And obviously with the second set here, we've got pretty a underwhelming kind of or variety of players in my opinion here we obviously got baby butrigueno which was in the first of swaps in the last last fifa uh prime cole moments over mars moments deco and moments baggio and also we do have the uh mid blank center back i don't believe any of these really make most top teams um but greg i do want to kind of start with you on your opinion on the first lot of swaps here what have you made of these um looking back at what we got last year I think it's a step down. I just don't know what they're doing with the obviously the SBCs. Obviously, everybody wants a top tier icon. I understand the EA have to put like a limit on what they give out, and they, they, I feel like they've done tried to do it justice by putting the you know the the middle icon, the prime and um, the prime and uh, SBCs and stuff like that, which I, I don't mind uh, for the icon swaps because I, that's what I'll go for. And I think a lot of people will just the fact of uh, how you know not uh, bad the the uh the, the picks are but for casual players like i was telling my friend like he might as well do it because he does he, he he doesn't play as much as us but he'll do it and he'll enjoy the players that he can potentially get from the swaps yeah i think there's a it's an okay selection i just don't like how there's so little in it 
they don't they're not tempting enough to to want to go for say say a Baggio when you're 17 I don't think anyone's going to grind all 17 up then go for Baggio at the end people again they know they've got to wait until the end of March for the second batch so it's like I said for the casual players it's not a bad show I just don't like how in the first lot you can only really get Cole or Deco and whilst Cole uh, is not a bad show I don't think anyone's looking at it and go oh a left back that's uh, that's looking pretty good um, and Deco again it's one of those cards that is probably a I wouldn't say a, a bottom 10 icon, but he's around. He's an okay car, but... If he had a four-star weak foot, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the issue. Like I said, there is the cards here it's are the okay. But then you get to the point is that these cards, by the time you can get them, how how behind are they in the uh, the power curve? So I just want to get, obviously get your take on these. I mean, like I said, I can't imagine any of these guys are really going to get into any of, any of your teams, but um, what do you make of the, uh, the swaps this year? Um... I think one of the things for me that was a kick in the teeth was that it came out the same day as Prime Moments, Vieira, R9, Cruyff, Eusebio. So, like, we're seeing all these insane cards and they're like, oh, by the way, his Moments Baggio that you can't get for a month and a half. Like, I think that just kind of takes the mick. Um, Ashley Cole probably is the most, like, all-round good card for his position, but he's a left-back. Um, the fact that you have to wait so long for them to get the better ones, I think's annoying. I think this should be a good chance to get decent icons. I'm not saying give us moment R9 for two tokens, but I think like by the time it's the end of March, we should be able to get like a pretty good icon. I'm not like I spend a lot of money to try compete on the game, so I'm, I don't even try look at it from my perspective. But I don't think there's any icons in here that anyone who's plays the game a fair bit is going to be too bothered about. So I think, like you said, probably go towards the packs. Um, I think if the 16 tokens had been a prime moments pack, I think that could have been good. I think a prime or a moments pack is pretty disappointing. I think, again, they kind of just water it down a bit. So for a lot, I think a lot of it's to just entice you in to get more game time. That looks better to shareholders if people are playing the game more. But then, in reality, not many people are going to get good rewards from this and the choice of icons is very disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel bad for people as well. Again, if you say if you grind all the way to a, a prime slash the moments pack, and then you get someone that's literally or not even going to go into your team. It feels like you've just wasted it all. At least I think beforehand with the icons that you kind of were able to select and there wasn't any packs there. At least if you got the icon, you knew you could use them to some extent. Yeah, exactly. the icon I got prime common last year and that just put me off ever doing it again. <laughs> I spent a lot of time to get prime common, so... <laughs> Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot more last year. I think from the first, so I got uh, got a Prime Zanetti, second one Sol Campbell, and mid uh, mid Van der Sun, and the the last one I think I got Moments Petit. So I think it's tough not to compare it to last year. Um, but again, we always speak about this that the power curve this year has been kind of so watered down, and they made sure that the the best players aren't attainable yet for most people, which is tough. Um, Mark, I want to move on to you next. Obviously, I know Mark, you've got um, you've got a lot of coins right now sitting in your club, and like I said I don't. For you as well, I don't see any of these guys getting to your team. What What is your opinion on the uh, second lot of swaps here? So, first of all, I'm going to start off with a positive. Um, last year's icon swaps might have been a little bit better, but do we remember the grind to get them? It was all in division rivals. There was a lot of toxic messaging going back and forth during that time. I feel like keeping it in friendlies is a huge win. Um, hopefully, we are still continuing with the golden goal rule. I'm not sure. I haven't started them yet. But yeah, I mean, the selection is pretty underwhelming. It's quite hyped up. I think as soon as swaps one ended, 
this was what people were then turning their focus to in terms of the icons. And I feel like Deco, again, it's an okay card, as for the likes of Cole as well. But these cards do have that one little issue which stops them being meta and stops them being endgame. I like the introduction of Pack still, and I really do like the 81 plus times 25 and the 82 one they've brought in, because then you can get a lot of packs, a lot of fodder, a lot of players into your club to then go ahead and do the SBCs. But yeah, I mean, I agree with Zell here. Why make it a prime or a moments pack? Why not make that one just a moments pack? Because we have the 91 plus prime icon pack and we've got the mid icon pack. So then why not just um, have a pack just for moments cards? Because they've recently just came out. In terms of myself, I probably will head towards the prime or moments one because, as you mentioned, I am in a fortunate position where I have a good team. I've got a lot of coins and these icons available to pick. I don't see any of them getting into my team at this stage of FIFA. Yeah, no, at least it's just a, a tough position to be in. I think for casuals, it kind of it meets the requirements that they kind of they want. Uh, they want to grind these packs. And I've seen that. I've seen a lot of people open up packs already, which for me, I, I've got no idea why they're doing it. There's no promo right now. And again, he's going to look for it for fodder, really. And I've not seen too many great packs yet. Uh, obviously, Mark, you're going your combination there. Um, so, Ernest, what are you, you going to go with these? Are you going to go for the uh, the Prime Moments pack? Are you going to go for something else? Um, I'll be honest, I'm kind of umming and ahhing over whether I want to do them or not. Um, the If I was to go for anything, it's either going to be the fodder, like Mark said. Because if you do the 81, 82, and 83, is that 10 tokens, is it? Five, three, and two. They're nine. Those are nine, I believe. Nine. Okay. I think it's ten. It's five, three, and two. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah, five, three, and two. Yeah, yeah. It's ten tokens. So if I was to do that, um, I'd probably either do that, or if I can be bothered, then the prime moments one. Um, the fodder's good. That you should get enough cards in that to do a pretty good SBC. And if you think about it, let's look at like the Ribery SBC that came out. 900k. He's not end game, but he was very good. And as we get to the end of March, by the time the next tokens are out, so you can get 10 to have done all the packs, we will get some pretty good SBCs by then, better than that Ribery. That will probably be a similarish price, mm-hmm. which you could probably nearly do with that fodder. And, and that Ribery is better than any card in the moments, uh, not moments, um, the icon swaps, I'd say. He's better than that Badger, probably better than the others I would say so I'd probably either do that or risk it on the prime moments and maybe get something good but I know I'll probably get prime and Zagi or something <laughs> Greg are you uh you're on the same lines here yeah I think I'm gonna go with the packs just I've not really a great pack look this year obviously I've bought FIFA points and stuff like that and obviously built <laughs> my coins up that way um but I've not really packed any standout kind of players obviously you know my, my, one of my favorite players is the Mares. that was an SPC and I'll always go back to that one of the cheapest SPCs to do and it was it's a joy to use at camp um but yeah I'll probably just slowly grind um to the uh, 81 the 82 and 83 plus packs just I'm, I'm just gonna take my time uh I did a token today didn't take that long and then I tried to do the uh, Syria token but some of the players from the Syria especially with a with a, a club uh, light on uh, player items it's uh, a bit difficult so I'll, I'll spread it out over a, a month or so 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the good thing is that we've got a lot of time to get these done. And I don't think there's people rushing to do them, but I don't believe that there's any rush to get any of these players or any of these kind of tokens done yet. Um, it's content for a lot of people. A lot of the content creators want to get the packs out on YouTube, be the first people to open them, see what the pack weight's like and things like that. But I think it's a... I like that Mark brought a positive. It's not just all negative and worse than last year. There are some good stuff to it. The time we get is a positive. Like pretty much anyone who plays a bit of FIFA can get most of the tokens by a month's time. Yeah, yeah. And with obviously Golden Gold too, you can get through fairly quickly. Obviously, you've got to be the first person to score, um, which does help in those. But I think again, even with squad battles too, they're not that hard to get done. Uh, it might be hard for some people. Got some people who maybe start at Christmas to try and get these first owner cards in their team. But for the most part, you've got a lot of time to do it. There is no pressure on you to, to get them done quickly. And if you spread it out over the uh, the coming weeks, you should be able to get them, get them done fairly easily. We've got a question here from Neo FPL. He said, uh, how, can you basically, how can you make icon swaps more fun? Um, this is a hard question, I think, honestly, because unless you're, unless you're pretty good at the game and get the golden goal first, a smash through, I think it can be tough. Um, Zell, have you gone through and done any of these swaps yet? Is there any way that you think you can make it more fun or not? I haven't done any swaps so far on Icon Swaps 2, but um, I remember on my road to glory, I actually did the 83 and 85, um, and I got Mbappe, Varane, and Freeze Mana from them. So my road to glory got good pretty quick. So um, those packs would be what tempted me. But um, I think, honestly, one of the things to make them more fun is just the rewards. It feels a lot more fun knowing you're going to get something good than the good chance you're not. It's very disappointing to put a lot of time into something to just come away with. Like, I honestly think they could make these packs like player picks. So you, the prime icon pack, you get three prime icons to choose from. So it doesn't have to be it's prime R9, Ronaldinho and Pele, but if there's three, at least you can have a decent chance of picking someone that might suit your club. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. I think choice in gaming is always something good rather than like the amount of people I've spoke to who've packed the same icon when they've only done two packs this year. I don't I don't even think that should be allowed. That if you've done two mid icon packs, you get mid roll twice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think extra choice and systems like that in place would just help players. That's what they brought on the first or swap, wasn't it? I think it was the base icon player pick for or I think it was about 15 yeah. or 16 tokens. Um, which we're not sure why they've not included in the uh, in the second lot here. Um, Greg, is, have you got anything that you think you can make it more fun or not? Um, depends, really, because obviously sometimes the, the community can be toxic with this stuff, and then other times, like we say, the golden goal rule that most of the people are sticking to. You know, people rather you know look at look as that as a as a, as a, as a fun thing for these because you can get them done you get them done quick and you can open these packs um just looking at what neo said here he said people are already, already opening packs and i'm still trying to do them as if i think neo just needs to you know pr prolong it over to long term and have fun that way not trying to get it done straight away because if, if neo's a casual if, you know it's it might be better for him to actually play with these players that he's you know he's got in his club and learn to play the game with lesser players like i'm so used to having a neymar and an mbappe on my team and when i go to the team that i was using for this Syria uh, icon the, uh, the icon token i was just not used to them because 
you know the, the the how slow they turn the pace so it was good for me to think right okay if i had to use it again i can get to use them and, and get to understand how they play compared to um compared to the, my actual team that i use so that's what i try and take from it is i'm actually using players that i probably wouldn't use here be it a you know a fast silver player or you know a standard gold player and I, i'm using kind of more of a, a learning curve than than anything for me yeah, and uh, Mark, I know you haven't got started yet. Any anything else to add in, Mark, or not? So I did actually get started a little bit. Uh, luckily for me, my housemates also on Xbox, so we just kept matching each <laughs> other up. Um, but no, I, I think in terms of the enjoyment, it's going to be hard because if you get better players in the picks, um, for instance, if there is a prime R nine, everybody's going to jump on it. It's going to be toxic. It's going to be sweaty because everybody's grinding for the same thing. So the better the players are. I feel like the harder it will be for a golden goal because people will then really try. Um, in terms of what I've done to make it a bit more fun, so I did a the silver one uh, and the Chinese one together in squad battles. But there was also an objective out silver stars or something like that in squad battles where you also get a pack as well if you score so many goals with a silver player, if you win so many games. So for me, I'm just sort of double ticking off objectives at the same time. So I am grinding the I'm grinding the objectives. I'm grinding the tokens, and whilst I do the tokens, I'm getting packs for objectives as well. So I think it might have been a mega pack which I got. It's not amazing, but it's just something else for my efforts there as well. Yeah, just so you're not just doing the uh, the icon mm-hmm. swaps in one go. Um, obviously, go back with the Greg said as well as well. I think there isn't always a rush to get these done. I think we mentioned earlier as well that if you see other people open the packs already, you've just got to know that you're going at your own speed and. Maybe if your mates are open up, open, open up icon packs already, just got to wait for you to do it yourself. There's no rush to get these done. You haven't got to be getting like two hours of sleep a night trying to uh, sweat these out when you when you don't need to yet. You've got loads of time to go through them and get them done. Um, and obviously, we have touched on a little bit the icon moments release and kind of icon SPCs this year. We have had about a third of the icon moments released. Um, they haven't really mentioned the next release. I know I saw a few icon moments photos being chucked around on Twitter earlier. So I'm hoping they come out soon. Again, the Archimonds released so far, again, they're, they're not been packed a lot, so it's hard to know their true value. They've been okay, I think, from... There's been a few players who might have received a little bit of a downgrade from last year's. I know Cruyff is a minus one, and a few other cards had a few interesting position kind of choices. I know Philip Lahm was the left-back. would like to see him be a CDM. Mark, I want to go to you first here. I, can, like, I know it's tough with the Icon moments, but um, what's been your opinion on the whole Icon, SPC and Icons from EA this year? In terms of the icon moments, I actually didn't realise they were getting released in batches. So I spent about an hour on Friday trying to snipe a prime icon moments Bobby Moore just to realise none were popping up because he's not even in the game just yet. So quite disappointed with myself then. Um, I didn't do my research. But in terms of the packs, I mean, you opened mine at the weekend. We, we seen what I got. We got that uh, Michael Owen. But it was a prime slash a mid pack. So... I think it's, again, about curving that sort of power curve and sort of stepping away from it. Instead of just doing this pack to get a prime icon, it's a mid or a prime. So it sort of waters down the chances of getting that usable card a little bit more. In terms of the individual icon SBCs, I know we got the Cannavaro and the Kaka who were okay. But I've seen something on Twitter today about a Rio Ferdinand prime who was released in FIFA 19. He was released in October, and it was quite an attainable SBC. And I, I, again, I, I just feel like we haven't had that end game icon available through an SBC yet. 
I feel like the ones I've brought out have been a bit under, either underwhelming or overpriced. There's not been that happy medium between the two, which I think we sort of need. We've been crying out for, especially times like now where there isn't a lot of SBCs out. You've got the fodder packs in the icon swaps. If there was that, you know, mid Hullet or even a Vieira card out in an SBC, people could grind towards. There might be, you know, more likely to do the swaps and get the 83 times 25 pack to put into these icon packs. So I feel like the individual player icon SBCs has been quite a bit of a letdown considering what we experienced during FIFA 19. I, I, it's Wibham because they, at the beginning of the year, they advertised the whole thing that icon SBCs are back and we're going to bring them out over and over again. But the thing is that we've, well, CAC has been the most expensive one. I think Cannavaro might have been the second most expensive. But the fact that they, that's, there's two cards there, probably over a million that are kind of, we can get through these SPCs. And they're not even the ones that people maybe want to go towards. Like I said, I wouldn't mind them bringing out an expensive one, at least giving it to us early. So we can kind of grind towards it. These squads say like a, obviously tons of 86, 87, 89 squads, whatever, and grind them over time. And like I said, they, they have these fodder packs out right now that we're kind of stuck to, put, to where to put them. And obviously they put these repeatable icon SBCs there. Um, and it seems like they've been a bit sneaky about it. They know that there's nothing to put the fodder into. So we've got no cha- no choice but to put it into these repeatable icon SBCs that, again, either pay out or they don't but the likelihood of getting something decent is very very slim um greg i want to move on to you next uh what have been your thoughts kind of icon svcs this year and stuff disappointing um i don't want it to be disappointing because i i loved an icon SBC the last couple of years i i would always go in early and get your owl or i think my very first icon that i did i think it was like 18 maybe was really costing it was in my team all year i just enjoyed doing them because at that time i wasn't really putting money into the game and that much time into the game where I could afford you Mbappes and Neymar. So I was happy to do the, the lower icons, but obviously now my team's got better over the years. I want to be able to get that top tier icon. Like I wasn't wasn't able to get an R9 when it was out at the SBC or a couple of the, the, the primes, like the Rios, because obviously I didn't have the coins, but now it's just, I, sometimes I forget that they're still there. Like I'm scrolling through the uh, the SBCs and I get across and say, like, "Oh, there's Owen, there's Kaka." I generally forget they're still out because there's no, there's not been any like news about further SBCs, th- further Icon SBCs to come out. So, I, I, have, they, have they forgot about them? Probably not. Do they know what they're doing? Probably when they're probably doing it to benefit them. But I just hope we see some of them top tier icons in SBCs soon because I know a lot of people would be happily do them just to have an you know an r9 in your team and and whatnot um but for right now i think they're quite disappointing but i just hope ea do something about it before team you know, obviously team of the season or like you know the end of the the end of the uh the cycle uh, we're not too far away from that either i think the i think you set of icon swaps to the actual the last batch ends around the beginning of may and obviously tots isn't too far behind that um so Lonis, are you kind of uh, along the same lines here as far as the icon spcs go this is probably one of the things I've, I felt most strongly about this year. I've been quite public, complained about it, made quite a lot of videos, complained about it. Um, so to give some context to Icon SBCs, on FIFA 18, you could get Prime Henry in mid-November. Prime Henry is absolute. I think it's it was 18. It's 18 or 19, but I'm pretty sure it was 18. Yeah, it was 18. Um, you could get Henry for a decent price on FIFA 18, 
in mid-November. Henri is absolutely levels above any card we've had yet. And we're in nearly March now. Um, Mark said about Rio, you could get prime Ronaldinho and Vieira in December on FIFA 18. I think there was a post where it was like February on FIFA 18, you could get Hullet, Pele and Ronaldo in February. We're not we're in another planet compared to Icon SBCs this year. That's not even close, is it? We didn't even get them last year. So like the d- difference, like EA are fully aware. There's no mistake here. The game profits increased every year. For me, like it's a strong word, but it's nothing short of a disgrace what they've done with Icon SBCs. And it's almost disrespectful and disgusting, in my opinion, to tell us that we've got Icon SBCs this year and then do what they've done with it. Like that was, they made a fairly big deal out of it, in my opinion, to try and make the point they're doing it for the community. Whereas the way it's been this year, like the SBCs this year have well have been more expensive to get them untradeable or about the same price as they are on the market. Mm. Which for me, when it's like you have to think when you do it, that player's going to decrease quite a bit as well. Like Kaka, I think was 100k more to do untradeable than his price the day he got released. Which, yeah, the SBCs for me are just. Yeah, like I said, disgrace. Um, icon moments. You said about batches. I think they'll come out a week at a time. That's what they did with the prime icons in December. Um, I think the drop rate on them needs to be a lot better at the moment. Um, the re- like, Someone joked in my stream today saying how generous EA are being that moments R9 is free at the moment because his price still says zero on Footbin. Like, someone probably has packed him, but no one's put them on the market. Same with I think Cruyff. I think Vieira has been packed on Xbox. Like uh, it is just the most pay-to-win promo. That's for the smallest part of the player base. Um, you said about like downgrades, like Overmars or so has been downgraded, but he's been upgraded. Like the level ratings don't mean anything on FIFA on a card. Cristiano Ronaldo's 87 flashback was an 82. They just put a random number on the card. I don't think the numbers actually mean anything. It's the in-game stats that matter. That Crows is a 93, but you take Curtis Jones every day. The actual stats on a card, it's the in-games that matter. So, like Vieira, have you seen his upgrades on his cards this year for his oh, moments? Yeah, the pace on that card is crazy. Apparently, he's one of the most clinical strikers in world football. He's got like 89 finishing. He, he averaged one a goal every 11 games or something for Arsenal. Like They just literally just pluck numbers. I won't say out of where, but out of thin air, we'll say, and just make the game as pay to win as they can. With this, this is just a promo for just rich people to waste money on. Simply put, and like I say, to put it on the same day as Icon Swaps Two, which was such a disappointment. I think we all, for the most part, agree on that. Falls a bit of a kick in the teeth to the community, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't like Icon moments the way they do it. I think it's a cool idea. If they were a lot more accessible, like we're four months into a game. My view's always been if you spend £50 on a game, you should be able to access all the content by the end of the year. And Mark, you're a trader. What's your transfer profit at this point of the year? Oh, that's quite poor this year, but it's about £32 million. Okay, so £32 million is way more. That'd put you in the top <laughs> 0. <laughs> 0. 0. 0. something percent. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Lucky. That'd be crazy high. If you wanted the best team in the game right now, including the bench, I, I haven't done the maths, but I reckon it's minimum 100 million, probably looking at 150 million plus, including the bench. 
and that Mark's going to be one of the richest people on foot right now. Like I spent two grand on the game this year to try and compete as a pro, and I've hit at least two thirds of the week's top two hundred. I've not changed my team too drastically. I think I've done two SBCs, so I'm not wasting my coins. I also made a few million coins flipping icons. I can barely afford moments out now. Obviously, I can't snipe them anyway. No one can. <laughs> but, like it's, you get my point. It's just so unattainable. These cards and it's just a slap in the face of the community. And yeah, maybe I've gone a bit overboard, but yeah, I just I really don't like the way they've nerfed icon SBCs and then replaced it with this unobtainable cards. They've done a system where now you can get a good team quite easily. It's not hard to get Neymar and Mbappe if you play the game a fair bit. And they are very good. Like They are very good cards. And it used to be harder to get these decent players, but it's now very hard to get the near impossible to get the top-end cards. So, But that's how EA won it. Yeah, like I said, they've, they've made more money every single year. I think you look at certain cards that are, again, I think I'll go back to the Freeze Mane which is still at least two million. There's a lot of these special cards are so expensive compared to what people can really afford. Again, Neymar and Mbappe this year are fairly cheap. They're normal cards, but the top tier cards just aren't attainable for most people. It's like, like I said, you spent two grand on the game, and you've got to do that to be able to compete. If you don't do yeah. that, then you're going to be behind the rest. Yeah, of the I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, so it's tough there. Uh, we are going to move on to kind of the other content release. We have seen the re-release of the Showdown SPC between Man City and Bruce and watching Gladback with um it's, it's been a weird one i've liked the kind of the first few showdown spcs i think this one's probably the the worst one in my opinion obviously you've got zinchenko and the other one herman um which either one i don't believe is anywhere near the power curve we did have the release of flashback 20 cruise which made it through the spc gulag and uh it actually came out zelonis i saw you have a look at tony cruise early on stream what have you made of him are you you think he's good or not um, Tony Cruz like is one of my favorite ever players. Like, I've loved Tony Cruz. I don't know how when he's thirty, apparently has thirty less pace now than his flashback, apparently. But um, card looks okay. It's reasonably priced for. I think EA have actually done a decent job in the last month or two of releasing fairly fairly priced SBCs, excluding the icon ones. He's a bit behind the power curve for hardcore players. Um, bit slow. Will feel a bit clunky in game. But I don't think, I think if you like that type of player and you're a fan of Tony Cruz, I think he was okay. The showdown one, is Zinchenko even going to play for Man City in the tie? He might not even start for them. I'm not a Mon Gladbach expert, so I don't know about Herman too much, but he's a freestyle weak foot attacker, so don't really get thinking behind that showdown one, but yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Greg, are you uh, you're on the same line too? <laughs> uh, no, I've, my, I've had a couple of my friends say, should they do them? I was like, well, as a casual player, if you want them and they can fit into your team, do them. But for me, I've not really touched them. Um, I just, I'm not going to pay 150, 160,000 coins to an SBC for a player that not going to, not probably not going to get, get into my team. I think the idea is good. I think it's a good, you know, building block to maybe bring in, you know, some mid tier or top tier players maybe in the future, I think that'll be really good. And I think people will get more involved with that if they get get the price right. So yeah, I like the idea. The players that they brought out, not so much. And uh, and Mark, I take it you're not going to do any of these, are you? No, I'm staying well clear, but I just want to touch on the showdown and the game they picked. They've picked Manchester City versus Munch and Gladbach when on paper, 
that's a game I think I speak for the majority here you would expect Manchester City to win I look at other games just this week Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea even Lazio versus Bayern Munich and Atalanta versus Real Madrid them games are going to be a lot more close especially the Atletico Chelsea game that's a game which could go well could have went either way obviously Chelsea won but, but is that not what showdown is about where you have two players who either side could win rather than getting this one and you're almost I know it's football you can't predict it but Man City are big favourites in that tie yeah. and then that's my first problem is the game they've picked to go ahead with and then the cards they've picked you know Man City have a lot and I mean a lot of top players here who could have got that sort of card even in the left back you could have had Mendy who would have had a better card than Zinchenko. Rodri, the midfielder, might have been a bit bit of a better option. And I feel like it was just sort of a letdown. It was an SBC for an SBC's sake. There's not really a lot of people going to do it. A lot of people are anticipating a Manchester City win. So that sort of gets you away from the Munch and Gladbach um, side of the SBC as well. So, yeah, for me, it was a bit of a letdown. It was a bit of one of them pointless SBCs. A point, yeah. Can I make a point on it? that I agree with everything Greg and Mark said, but why can't they do a showdown SBC for every match? I've always been yeah. a thought, why don't they give us so much content? I've, I've said earlier about choice being important. Why don't they give us so much content that we, we can't keep up with it, but then we have a choice of what content we want, rather than be like, oh, a left back and a freestyle weak foot right mid. I'm not involved in any of the content this week. Do a do a showdown for each game. Give us a different choice. Like, and if obviously the Champions League is a great one, there's going, Champions League tends to be the biggest clubs in world football. So there's going to be more fans of those clubs playing the game. If you do a showdown for every round of the Champions League and every fixture, there's going to be lots of different players, and it adds lots of different players to that maybe meta player base that you might not have. Like weekend league, I recorded it one weekend. I matched 27 games at 30 where I had Varane, Gomez, Walker or Mendy in the opposition team. <laughs> Why couldn't they have made Zinchenko an 89 left back mm-hmm. or an 87 that became an 80? I don't know. It's still expensive even at 350k. Do a showdown for each one. Give us lots of different options, different players that can add to the game. Like It's one of the reasons like Future Star that adds a few different meta players that probably weren't in the game before and shakes things up a bit. But yeah, it's just an SBC for the sake of it, it feels. Yeah, I've really... I've really all, yeah. Oh, sorry, Mark. Also, just touching on that, like, I'm not dissing Manchester City before their fans come come for me, but how many <laughs> SBC cards have we seen from Manchester City now? We've had Mares, Aguero, Stones. I know Gundogan was player of the month, but he's still got that SBC. So this is a fifth Manchester City player, I believe now, who's got an SBC in game. Why not vary that up, you know? Are they a partnered? Are they like a, a partnered yeah. team? Is that are, a potentially yeah. reason why? That probably is like Man U. Have they had any? No, Man U have McTominay, but uh, I think McTominay, Man U are like a Pez partner, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, someone yeah. must be a big Leipzig fan at EA this year. <laughs> They've had like twenty. I know that's exaggerating, but yeah. But this is why I say, Mark, if we did, lo- if they gave us more content, surely they make more money as well because more people are sinking their coins into these SBCs if they're giving mm-hmm. us way more. And then no fan of a club is thinking, oh, my club's been let down. Within that, obviously, they're not going to do, no offence, Max, but they're not going to do SBCs for Exeter. 
every other week and stuff. But. Uh, do you think do you think <laughs> that the the pandemic has hit us hard with obviously their resources? I just I just off the top of me, I'd, obviously with I don't know what it's like in the states right now, and I don't know you know your your lockdowns per state or how it's going, but obviously they're up in Vancouver and. Do you think they're their resources are lacking? Than ever. They're making more profit yeah. than ever. Like gaming's made more money this year, digitally. Yeah. And I'm not a gaming developer, so I can't say how long it takes to make an SBC and then put it into the game code. But I would assume it's not that hard. I could be wrong, but yeah, the, it might be like they're not all in the office, Greg. Yeah, so it's a bit harder in that sense. But the money's not an issue in the re- yeah. in terms of that resource. I think for a game that's it's do- tef- definitely top five in terms of what it makes a year, mm-hmm. and it's a yearly cycle as well. So it's not like we're going to play this fee for for twenty years. I think we should be getting a lot more content personally. It's a str- it's a strange one again. They especially the, sorry go back to the showdowns as well as they released three showdowns week on so did a showdown each week for three weeks. I think the last one was McTominay and the James Milner from Man United Liverpool. After that, they've kind of just forgotten about it. And again, Showdown is one that is a, is a good primer because people get involved with real-life football. I remember going back to the PSV and Ajax game. People all over Twitter are following that game. that They never never would have really followed that game. Look and see if Clive got the upgrade or Donny Marlin got the upgrade. So it's one of those things that gets people involved with real-life football as well, and not just within FIFA, which is what I like. And the road to the final cards make people involved with it, yeah. and the fact there's this live aspect to these cards. It was which... the most watched ever Erdos Vizigo. Really? Yeah, that came out. That was the most watched like on television, etc. game ever in the Dutch League. And that's probably all down to FIFA, which is yeah, it's crazy. It's fantastic. Um, but again, there's, there's plenty of stuff they can do. I know, obviously, with the pandemic, stuff like that. But I, I, I think the issue that we have sometimes is that there's a lack of communication about certain things. But it, it's just such a tough thing, I think, to, uh, to kind of speak about because everyone's got their own opinion and everyone wants more stuff. Um, and obviously, you can say EA need to improve this, need to improve that. But going back to kind of looking at the business side of things and their shareholders, things like that, is that they're making more money every single year. So to other people, they must be doing better every single year. We are going to touch on the uh, shout-out to King Lampard because he has gone ahead, um, a sneaky little leak for the next promo coming up this Friday. It's called What If. There hasn't been any more information given from Lampard. I, I know he's probably got it somewhere in his locker. He's not going to tell me yet. I have seen people saying it might be a, a Shapeshifters-esque promo, which looks like the most likely thing because Shapeshifters was around the same time last year, although they have brought out the Freeze promo, which kind of took some aspects of um, the shapeshifters from last year. One idea that I had that could potentially be one, I don't think it will be one, is guys who maybe didn't live up to their potential, so maybe what if they reach their potential. Pretty hard. Yeah, so it's... I don't... There, that's a possibility, although I don't believe EA are going to be like, oh, by the way, you're a flop. You're going to get a promo card. It can't be that, surely. <laughs> it would be as interesting. As that would be. <laughs> um, but obviously... Going along the lines of shapeshifters, are you guys? Do you guys agree here? Like, what sort of Uzalonius? Do you think it could be a shapeshifters promo or not? I would love it to be uh, players who could have been something special, um, like say like Freddie do someone like that, or players who were expected to be like maybe might be like future stars now. Obviously, we didn't have future stars nine years ago on foot, but I don't think it will be that. Obviously, I just 
I think almost EA wouldn't be willing to tread that wall and potentially get the backlash <laughs> of that. So probably something like shapeshifters, yeah. What if Sergio Ramos was a striker? Yeah, get like Pope that. up. Yeah, get Pope uh, at number 10 with a five-star skill moves. I've seen enough Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone said that earlier on Twitter, and I said, that's a great idea. Anything to get Nick Pope out of goal in guys' team. True, true. I'll be, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Uh, obviously, they did the, uh, the five-star Nick Pope last year too. Mark, are you, what, what do you think this promo could be? Well, that's, I think you need to ask Jack that question. Um, <laughs> but personally, for me, I'm I'm trying to get my head around it because I love the idea of what if, you know, an Adnan Yanazai or a Frederico Makeda lived up to their potential. But I can't see EA going down that route just because, you know, it's sort of dissing that player and being a bit, bit disrespectful to them. I would love to see like a what if Mbappe transferred to Real Madrid card. But again, obviously for licensing reasons, that's never going to happen. So I do feel like it will be a shapeshifter promo, which could be underwhelming because we've seen rule breakers and even future stars involved a lot of um, position changes. Like Yaris James came out as a right back on a CDM. So them sort of promo cards are already in the game, I'd like to say. But again, it's if it is that and it is sort of the shapeshifters, you know, I'm trying to think what it could be without saying what if for the meme. Um, but, you know, what if Gareth Bale was a left back? You know, we've had that left back Gareth Bale card before. What if Ronaldo was a winger? Well, we've got the Ronaldo winger card. So I really, I really don't know other than a shapeshifter promo what it could be. I just hope if it is shapeshifters, which I think it's more than likely to be, there's some original cards. I think we've been crying out since the Filippo Melo inform card since, uh, back in the day for a goalkeeper to come outfield or an outfield player to be, become a goalkeeper. You know, just, I think that's a big way to have a bit more enjoyment and a bit more fun with the game. Yeah. What if we released Icon SBCs? <laughs> Can only I dream. Like, yeah, I saw that as Yashin well. Yashin as striker. That's too, that's too far. Yashin with his hat. It's when he scores a goal, yeah. takes the hat off. <laughs> um, we are going to move on to next. Uh, Mark, do you want to talk us through the possible Team of the Week predictions for this week? Uh, I know we were going about Team of the Week being a, uh, a pretty much pointless thing every single week, but it doesn't. it could be okay. But could be the uh, the main thing here. Yeah, so I'd say the power is all in EA's hands, to be honest, because Bruno Fernandez has got two goal contributions in a three-one win. Cristiano Ronaldo scored two goals in a three-nil win. They're two big players who could get an informed. Do I think they will? Probably not, because we've had so many Bruno cards already, and EA aren't going to be that willing to upgrade Ronaldo for two goals. You've also got the Inter Milan players. You've got a Martinez and a Lukaku. who probably sit on a similar pedestal to the two players previously mentioned where they've had special cards already. They've done well, but EA probably won't give them it. So headlining this team of the week, I can see a Haaland card. Did well for Dortmund at the weekend. Got himself a couple a goal and an assist or two goals in a 4-0 win, I believe. Richarlison, again, could have a nice card, obviously scored in the Merseyside derby. But again, at this stage of FIFA, there's going to be a lot more um, better cards out than him. But he could still be a very nice card, especially for icon swaps. And then I, these two, I'm a bit 
umming and ahhing about because they've just had the special cards. But it's Isaac, the striker from Sweden, and Harvey Barnes. They're two players who've just been released in a previous promo team. So I can't, you know, they're 50-50 for me. And apart from that, you know, we've got the Tadic card. We've we've got a Bernardo Silva and a Casemiro card and Danovic in goal. But yeah, it's it's the same story every week that they just have to release team of the week for a team of the week's sake now. It doesn't do anything for the game. You get your red picks, you know, 90% of the time, 95% of the time. They don't go anywhere near your squad. You just collect them ready to do that 86 plus um, player pick SBC. So quite underwhelming again, I'd say. Yeah, the uh, the guaranteed 386 players player picks, I say, uh, the biggest shambles of a uh, SBC that I've, I've seen ever. Um, but yeah, again, it's, I sorry, the player picks every single week, just again, you, you have two players maybe per week that potentially get into a team, but the chance of you ever getting those players in red picks is so slim. So it's tough. Uh, I want to move on to next more of a kind of gameplay topic here. The first one thing I want to really speak about here is, so I want to start with you here, especially how much do custom tactics and formations make a difference in your opinion into uh, overall gameplay? Kind of, I want kind of go with like a, if you're a, a top player and maybe more to a kind of a casual player, what is your kind of opinion? Um, it really does vary based on the level of the player. Um, not not to brag, but like I've hit probably with six different formations this year for, you know, and I'm far from a top level pro on this game. Um, but the point is, if you've got a good team and you know the mechanics of the game well, you can make most formations work. I could make the 4-5-1 and hit a 30 if I played really well. It's just not quite as good as the 4-2-3-1. Um, most formations can be adapted in a certain way to be pretty meta and pretty good. There's just certain ones that like, maybe the 5-3-2 this year, that's one that a lot of people have been talking about. I think it's really good because as an extra centre-back to deal with through balls, it still provides width and you need width, on the, in my opinion, at a high level to stretch teams. And then I think this year as well, having two strikers helps. Um, for a worse player, it depends what level we're going at. Like for me, I always tell people if you're gold or better on this game, you're very good at this play- game compared to the average player. The average player isn't good enough for weekend league. So if you're a gold free player listening to this, you're probably in the top 30, 25% of this game. Now obviously just keeps going up. I think even at a gold level, if you can get some good custom tactics that suit your team, it can help quite a bit. If you're very new to the game, it can be game changing. I've coached people who literally just picked up the game and they've got quite a bit of money want to get a bit better beat the brother and i've told them about custom tactics they didn't even know about them and the difference is crazy like this one like wow my fullbacks aren't suddenly at the corner flag attacking every time my players actually seem in good positions all this like certain formations have better patterns of attack and stuff so i think at the bottom end as you move up it starts as really important to the top end it's not quite as big a deal the pro scene this year, I don't know how much you follow it, but nearly every event has been a different formation or tactic that's won, which to me shows doesn't I like it. It doesn't feel this year it's just four, two, three, one or four, two, three, one, and four, four, two. There's a bit more variety this year. But yeah. That's interesting because again, I know a lot of people are kind of saying that all oh, the the five three two meta and it's boring now, everyone's playing five three two. Um but if from my own experience it's way more it's way more attacking than the four two three one. 
Yeah, it depends how they, it depends how people play it. I think I yeah, agreed. I, I played against I think five or six people this week in league who rocked a five three two, and I managed to beat every single one. Um, bearing in mind the the guys I did lose to, they were all either rocking a a four two three one or a four four two, different variation of that. So it seems like the better players sometimes are maybe playing different formations. Uh, Greg, I want to move on to you next here. Greg, are you kind of how much do you think custom tactics and formations going to make a difference for you? I think I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. Probably from FIFA, kind of like ultimate team. I started that when, what, 2017? That was a really time I actually jumped into it. I played FIFA all my life. Seasons, you name it, I played it. But I think FIFA 17 was the first time I really dabbled in it. And I, I think it took me about two, or probably up till like 2000, yeah, FIFA 20, or, and even now to try and figure out my own tactics that work for me. There's too many times, like the last year, the years before, um, I would think, oh, I've lost a game. Tactics don't work. Going on, got to go on YouTube. Go and look at Zell's tactics. Go and look at other people's tactics where I'm not a pro player. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a top tier player. I should just pick tactics that work for me and stick with them. Tweak them very slightly. I think that's where people are going wrong when, when, when they say, oh, I'm changing my tactics because they don't work. I think if you t- change them too much, yeah, yeah. I think you, you you don't learn the way you want to play. So I think it took me about two or three years to stick with some sort of tactic and then just tweak them very slightly. Compared, uh, depending on the meta and 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 the, the updates and the flow of the game throughout the year. Like everybody's playing this over the five at the back. Obviously, they're using you know during the attack when attacking. It just overloads me. So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what can I tweak on my 4231 to be able to obviously get past them? Um, I think it's took me a little bit longer than most people, but I'm at the point where now I can make my own tactics. And I feel once you've got that understanding down of how you want to play, I think they can help massively. Yeah, I, I like the idea of kind of keeping true to your what works for you and tweaking little things kind of along the way. I know there's a lot of guys out there who, like I said, have a bad weekend go on YouTube, get some custom tactics and change every single week. And they never really, it's more, almost become, they've become a master of none. They try all these tactics out. Mm-hmm. It might work for them for two weeks and say, like, they have a bad weekend. And they're like, right, that formation's bad. I'll try a different one out. And just kind well, of constantly go between them. With what Greg said, he made a really good point that I didn't really think about. But I agree that like a lot of people just go on YouTube and just think a tactic is completely plug and play, which in my opinion, it isn't. It just doesn't work like that. One, one of my pet hates right now with content on YouTube is lazy videos where, and I, if someone watched this and they do these videos, I'd happily say it to them that I hate tactics videos where there's no gameplay. Because one, I know for a fact I see tactics videos where they just haven't used that tactic. They've just made it up. They've not even used it themselves, which is dishonest and ingenuine. And if how can you learn a tactic without actually seeing how it's supposed to be played? And that's my opinion anyway. Um, so I think you should always only really be watching tactic videos where you can actually see how the tactic is supposed to look. But then I also, whenever I say about tactic, I will always say, adapt it to suit you. Don't just copy this. And somewhat you have, somewhat this stuff like possession just doesn't work as like, you know, the offensive style. Possession just doesn't work on FIFA in my opinion. Long ball's better at keeping the ball against the press on FIFA. There's just some things that just are no-goes. But like, if you are really aggressive, you might want to up your depth more than a tactic on YouTube said. 
if you struggle with getting natural width, you might want to do that. If you struggle with the through balls, you might want to lower your depth. But I think too many people just follow tactics blindly and do worse than they could because they don't tweak stuff. They just like, oh, this pro, this content creator said this. So it's important, like Greg said, to think about yourself as well and try adapting counter stuff. Yeah. Mark, I want to move on to you next. I know, Mark, uh, if you did hear Zaloni said that you, if you're a gold three player, then you're not bad. So uh, <laughs> pat yourself on the back there, mate. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I'll take that a lot. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'm i not the best at the gameplay. Obviously, according to Zell, I'm very good. So I'll, um, I'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, I think custom tactics helps me a lot because, like I said, I probably am the average player who... With the, with the look of some custom tactics, I end up playing a lot better. But I think, again, like Greg mentioned, and it's been mentioned, just knowing what sort of players you have in your team and your own playing style is important before adapting a custom tactic. I mean, you might see a pro, you might see Zell or the likes of an Anders or somebody using a box-to-box midfielder, but they might have primes are done there, as you might have Kante. Well, Kante is not going to play as well as that box-to-box midfielder, and he's not that type of player in game. You probably want him more as your anchor in your midfield. So, I mean, I wanted to test out this 5-3-2 at the weekend because that's what's been going over Twitter. So I had a friendly with my friend. I had Bruno Fernandes and Rashford as my wing-backs with no custom tactics, and they were just totally ineffective in them positions. So once I went back and adapted them to being more attackive, um, that helped me a lot. But again, it's understanding your own playing style. If I can't keep possession, there's no point in me having custom tactics where it's possession-based. Yeah. And just knowing yourself and then adapting it, I feel like that's going to give you the best results rather than going onto YouTube and typing 30 you know, custom tactics and copying them tactic for tactic. Trying to get the uh, the most clickbait title out of this. Everyone clicks in your videos. Well. <laughs> um yeah, it's, again, it's basically trying to tweak whatever works for you. There's a lot of people out there who want that kind of quick fix. So when I got onto YouTube, find someone's custom tactics, pause the video, copy it down, and then go in and play with that without looking too much into it. Uh, like I said, they're about kind of looking at footage and gameplay. I think a lot of people out there want to get better in FIFA, but won't watch analytical gameplay about it. People are, le- people are lazy. Like, I can see on a video the view times and where people watch it the most. And on a tactics video, I promise you, I could go look at what my last five tactics video and it'll go like this. This is the top, go like that. And then there'll be a bit where the tactic is and it'll be like that. (laughs) And then the bit where I show the gameplay, where I actually say, this is how you use it. It'll drop to a lot. People are lazy and they were just going to play tactics. And that's where you get the complaints about, oh, this tactic's rubbish. Oh, it doesn't work. Or something, because it might be like, one, it doesn't suit your play, like Greg said. It's an important point. You have to find something that works for you. Or two, you're just not using it right. I saw someone say on a video, um, what was it? It was something like the wing backs are useless and never get involved. And then I asked them, what instructions have you got on them? And they said, stay back while attacking. I was like, well, one, that's not what I said. And then two, if you watch the gameplay, I've got goals with wing backs in the box. But if you have them on stay back, the 5 3 is useless. Yeah. Because you get no whip. And you need whip on the game, otherwise you're too predictable. So people are lazy and they just don't put the effort in to get good at stuff. So Yeah. We uh I did want to touch on the next one here, kind of kind of similar to the uh 
the last question there, but really how to make that next step up to the next rank in weekly. Greg, I want to start with you first this time. <laughs> but now, uh, Greg, what would you say kind of has helped you kind of improve? I wouldn't say maybe this FIFA, but in the past as well. Um, I think one, uh, understanding, I think going back to say 17, uh, 17, 18, I think it was understanding the meta and understanding how, how FIFA, the FIFA on Ultimate Team was being played because obviously I jumped in it late compared to a lot of other people. So I would just play like I would play a regular seasons game. And then obviously I began to know the meta and then I, I understand it and understand what players should be using. But, but for me is, 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 is trying to play against, for me, I, I like to play against better players. So I know if I come up against a better player in weekend league, maybe I've got a better chance. So a couple, a couple of my friends who are, you know, better players than me in weekend league, I, you know, I'll try to have flinch with them because I feel like if, if I'm, I can learn from a better player, you know, people say, you know, you don't lose, you learn. And I, I, I still stand by that. Um, but obviously I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a standard gold, gold one player. And I, I, and for me, that, that jump from gold one to elite three for me is massive. And I don't know whether it's just mentally, definitely, but also I just, I just know, and I've accepted that right now, I'm just not good enough. And I think a lot of other people need to start accepting stuff like that, where they think, oh, I should have got elite this, you know, elite this week. One, have you ever got elite before? No. What was your, your first 10 games? You know, I was, I was, I was eight and two. What about the next 10? I was, you know, it's obviously people think they're better than they are until it gets them late games when like their ELO's like plus 10 or plus 11. They always blame EA for saying, oh, um, they, they put me against pro players. Well, you was probably on the same, you know, you're probably on plus 11, plus, plus 12 wing games, same as them. So it's not, it's not EA's. You just need to understand. Sorry, I digress. I was going off on another another, another line there. But no, I think for me, like, I just know I'm not an elite player. I'm, I'm happy and content where I am. But I'm always trying to learn and trying to against, play against better players. Yeah, I think expectations is a big thing too. There's a lot of guys out there that think they're maybe at a certain point when they're not. Um, I didn't want to mention that I did bottle uh, Elite 3 from being 16-1 and one this past weekend by losing the seven verified players. But... <laughs> That's a uh, story <laughs> for another time. Um, Mark, I'll go to you next here. Kind of what in the past, what do you think's helped you regarding gameplay? How do you think you've kind of helped yourself improve? Well, I'm just going to say, ask me this question next week once I beg Zell for a few friendlies this week. Um, <laughs> I'll give I'll give you the answer. But um, personally, for me, I feel like I play best when I'm relaxed and there's no expectations on me. So, you know, if I'm sat here thinking from the Friday, right, I need to hit gold two I need to hit gold one you start losing a few games and I'll start to panic and the big one for me is don't play angry play because you want to play don't yeah. play because you feel forced don't play when you are angry because once you are in that negative mindset it's hard to get out of it you know you might concede a goal in the first five minutes and you're automatically your negative thoughts you're blaming the game you're blaming your opponent you're blaming scripting when really you might have just moved a man the wrong way and he's got through and scored if you stay positive be relaxed you're more likely to get a goal back and get on with the game rather than go two goals down but I can't speak too much because like I said I'm solid gold I've hit gold one I've hit gold two I've hit gold three but the weekends I've hit gold one it's maybe I was in the mindset okay I'm going to get 14 and stop I've got to 14 and I've thought actually I'm playing fairly well I'm quite calm I'm going to go on and it's, when you don't have expectations for me, is I do better. But yeah, like I said, Zell, 
that time with you friendlies this week and I, I'll be elite one next weekend. <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah. Ev- everyone always says, I think, the um, the one complaint I get from people that come in and say, like, hey, like, how do I get better at FIFA? The one complaint is they always say is that, well, I went to so-and-so and he's told me that mentality. If I change my mentality, then I'll get better at FIFA. Um, I think sometimes people get the kind of mentality and kind of controlling your behavior kind of mixed up. There's a lot of guys out there who... Um, will happily break a controller, break a monitor after losing the game a week league. And then they'll be like, oh, I can't believe Anders is crying over uh, losing the game. Um, you got to kind of, curve. basically just, again, control your behavior for the most part and expectations really. Um, Zell, I know obviously you're a bit of a different level to us, um, but going back to kind of your maybe early days within the competitive scene, like what, what do you think helped you get to that next kind of step within FIFA? Um, honestly, a lot of the things you guys have said would be what I'd recommend playing people better than you. I remember when I first entered the pro scene on FIFA, um, I never really tried to compete at all and then started playing pros. I remember, I don't know if you've heard of the pro painter. He played for Footwiz last year. Yeah. He beat me like eight, one in my first friendly against him was like, oh, maybe I'm not that good then. I've got a lot to learn and then started playing a lot of friendlies and got to the point where I made knockouts at a tournament on FIFA 18. Um, Playing people better than you is going to help. I think people get this ego thing as well. They're like, oh, I won't play anyone worse than me either. If it's like, if you gold one, a gold two player could probably still give you a good game. If they're your friend, it shouldn't be, I'm only playing people better than you. Because then why should the people better than you want to play you? Would be what I'd say. Um, Mentality is massive. It is so important in my opinion, but it's hard to define it. Things like not playing angry, honestly, staying hydrated. The amount of people who just zone in and just don't drink, brain function is just not as good when you're not hydrated. Um, finding what works for you. For me, I like listening to music. Some people, it distracts them. Some people playing with a friend on a call helps. Some people, it doesn't because they just rant at the friend and lose concentration. You have to find like sort of tactics, what works for you. Um, finding a tactic that works for you not changing it every three games, having a team that suits the game, and then I guess like playing the mechanics. If you really want to get your best weekend league result and you are not using the bridge because you don't want to, because it's abusing the game, though, you're holding yourself back. So it depends how badly you want to get wins or not abuse certain stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I can't accept people getting really angry at the game and hating that they're not winning, but then they're saying, oh, I refuse to do this and that. You have to go either way, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like the way the game goes with certain mechanics being OP. I hate skill cancels. They really wind me up. I've never seen a skill cancel like that in real life. Or a defender freeze when you bridge past them, but it's just part of any competitive game. FIFA's a bit more broken than some of the esports, but every game has a meta and a way of playing it, mm-hmm. so... It's up to you if you care enough to win. Yeah, and there's definitely people out there who kind of think they are on the on maybe like on, on a high horse and say, "Well, I'm not going to abuse these kind of things," but they get annoyed when they're when they're not doing as well as maybe they should do. Um, but yeah, definitely when I've played the better places weekend, a lot of them use obviously the bridge and around the box, and you just can't defend it, and it, it's tough. But mm. again, you know that you know who you when you're playing it's a better player because these kind of things, the bridge and the shot counts, things like that, they do use a lot. Um, just use it's using what works and then i think the last thing i say about it would be consistency i've seen so many people who hit gold two gold three and at their best they can hit they can play like an elite two elite one player and i'm not exaggerating 
but they just weekend leagues a marathon not a sprint it's not about how good you are at your best it's about how good you are at 30 games so if you lose one game and then lose your head it doesn't matter if you're one of the world's best players if you lose your head and stop playing like that you won't get the rank you deserve so it's about being consistent yeah no, that's a great point there we are going to move on to the next topic here basically over the uh, the most recent patch that came out i think came out yesterday and i saw on twitter and it's not i think it's been brought out yet onto console but as a uh, brought in a new thing, which I think will be helpful for some people, the whole uh, input delay, which I think was only previously available to game changers. Um, but Zell, I want to start with you first here on the kind of the input overlay. Are you, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it does much or not? For the majority of the community, I don't think it matters much. Um, don't know. I think majority of the community, if it does what it says, will still say that. No, I didn't do that and blame it. And that they won't agree I with it. I didn't pass there, that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somewhat, I, I don't like, I've seen offsides be given by the game that are then different on a replay. And then people have said, I'm crazy, and I've rewound the stream. Mm-hmm. It's been like, no, that it actually was offside and the replay showed something different. That's not even a conspiracy theory. Like, just sometimes the game doesn't actually show what, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from a content standpoint, I think for content creators, it's good, especially for someone like me who teaches gameplay. It'd be nice to be able to say, look, this is what I did here. These are the buttons you press. It's a cool feature. I don't think it's game changing, but it's just nice to add, to be honest. Yeah. Greg, are you, uh, do you like this new uh, feature to the game? Yeah, because then I won't have to uh, try and set it up for Richard Buckley because he's always messaging me, can you do, put the thing the overlay on my screen because I've got to do something <laughs> with PlayStation. And he's so he's just inept with technology, so <laughs> he can just go to the setting now and turn it on and off when he needs it. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I do have it on my stream sometimes, just so what if someone asked how I did something, we can look on the stream or two, and it goes back to me saying, "Oh, I wish I passed it there." I can, you know, I can hold myself accountable. The stream can hold myself accountable, saying, "Well, you didn't. You actually." you know you weren't actually pointing the right right direction so yep. i think it might um it might help out a lot of people who try and blame the game for everything um that's that depends if they use it or not but no i i'll i'll use it i will use it and obviously i will use it to analyze my own gameplay and and um hopefully help me uh help me uh, push me in the right direction yeah and uh mark are you what do you what do you think about the input overlay can I use it when I snipe icons or not? <laughs> does, does it show which button I press when I snipe him or? But now, for me, I mean, not a big deal. Like I say, I'm just a casual gameplay person. Don't really stream or anything along them lines. So for me, I'll probably not touch it once. Yeah, it's a it's a nice feature to add on, especially for user being a uh, obviously a coach. You know, to kind of show people what you press in game things like that. And I know, Greg, obviously you've seen in your streams before that you do have the controller up on your screen so it, there is a, is a good feature i don't believe it would be utilized for for a lot of people but i think for some people it is a uh it's nice to have maybe not the the most kind of important thing you need to add into the game in a patch but a nice more stuff the better isn't it really it's like yeah. it's not a negative so yeah no definitely um, i think i think putting the second uh second overlay in there as well for the uh, the lag you know the lag that you might see in games obviously the first one will be your actual input and then the second controller will be what's been sent back to the da- sent to the data center and sent back to you so you can actually see the the input delay and 
it goes back to you know saying people are complaining about their delay and maybe their internet or stuff like that and blaming the game constantly maybe it'll help them understand like it might not be yeah sometimes it is your internet but i think having both on stream uh, screen uh, it's gonna i think it's gonna help a lot knowing if you're you are in a laggy game um if you're not if you can actually blame the game for being really laggy or not so like i said i'll be using it and i'll probably use both of them just to, so i can see how uh, what my game's like and see if if i feel the game's laggy and then i can look at the other controller and think okay there is a bit of input lag then i can compensate what i do during the game to try and uh, you know get around that yeah no every little bit helps there we do have a few questions here so first question i to go over is from diego simply dgr he says here how do we feel about the way fifa what 21 updates have headed and i'll head i've headed in the direction they have patching slash nerfing specific things but not touching other things do we feel as though it's pushing away more consumers in turn in turn shortening the time window this game has before it's dead um zell i want to start with you here do you think these updates are headed in the right direction um do you think they could have done more right now or not my view is the updates, um, basically the way the current game is, it's never going to work. We're always going to get bad gameplay with buggy games until FIFA, if it ever does, becomes one title. The game, most people don't realise this, but I've heard from numerous sources that the gameplay development cycle, when they, so when they make FIFA 22, will be between four to six weeks, which... To me, that is a pretty short time to be trying to create a AAA game. And then basically they just start trying to put the plasters over the issues, which is why we get so many pretty drastic game check, gameplay changing patches because they didn't have enough time to fix it properly. I do not blame the gameplay devs for this. It is not their fault. They get a lot of hate. Um, it's not enough time, but that's just yeah, making record profits. And while they make that, they're not going to, go away from a one-year cycle model, I don't think. But yeah, patches often do things that they don't say in the patch notes. I don't even think EA are lying. I just think sometimes the patch patches, when they change, if it changes something else they don't realise. I've heard that there's career mode coding from FIFA 08 still in the game. And when the code gets this long, more issues are going to happen. I think that might be why we get more in-game delay. But um yeah, this year I've not been happy with the way the patches have gone, but I'm the same most years. Just think until we go to a one game, just like League of Legends, Rocket League like that, I think we're going to be stuck with this every year. Yeah, it's def again, it's constantly trying to figure out the new matters each year, and it does change. Again, like I said, there could be a domino effect of certain patches that if they adjust one thing, then maybe a few more things are affected, but obviously they aren't obvious in the way they kind of word these things. Greg, are you are you agreeing here? Kind of what have you made of the kind of the way patches have gone this year? We always get that big patch at the start where everybody complains about it, and we all all do it because we all think, oh, the game's actually not too bad. But then they bring the first patch out, and everybody's like, well, they've just completely changed it. Um, but no, I, I think the resources they've got, not by money wise, but the, what they have, maybe people in the offices not being able to work on it as much this year. I think that goes against us, um, like Zelta, until it becomes one title. Um, I think we're always going to have these kind of, this cycle of 11, 10, 11 updates throughout the year. But also, I think the engine they're using now is just too dated. 
for what we've got. So hopefully, obviously, I'd, I've not heard any rumors that they would use either another a new Frostbite engine for obviously the new next gen, um, the new next gen uh, title next year. Obviously, I don't know how long they had, they had it to to use for the the uh, twenty one next gen, but it, look, it feels like they've had. I think they added one new feature, like the the the. I don't know. It was the tack. Something to be tackling or jostling between the opposition player and then obviously just putting the updated textures and stuff like that, which I don't mind. I like. I like all the frills and tassels and the the texture, the high res textures. Um, but hopefully we'll move away from this current um, engine, bring in something else, and then it's basically just a you know clean slate. Let's rebuild from there because I think that's what they need to do. I think it would be good, be it this year, next year. Say hey. This cycle is going to be two years. We really want to do something for the community. We really want to restart, wipe the slate clean, and bring something that you guys and we would be uh, we'd be proud of. Yeah, I think obviously that's what Pez have gone. Pez have done this year again. I'm not going to go on about Pez being the the pinnacle of football games, but I haven't minded kind of what they've done as far as like a um, the the notable content for the new season. And they've they've been they've been honest saying that we don't want to put out a game for next gen, but like where it cuts over halfway through the year, so they want to wait to release a game that's fully next-gen. And I think that's what the issue FIFA's had this year, is that they brought a game out for kind of current-slash-old-gen and have tried to work it for the next-gen. And obviously, when they brought the next-gen out, I think there were two or three patches behind, which kind of... I think a lot of people that bought next-gen or bought a PS5 or an Xbox, the new Xbox, went back to play on the old kind of... the old game. Obviously, I know. Yeah, I know you've done that great <laughs> as well. Um, so it, it's a it's a strange one. Fingers crossed that maybe next year they sort a few things out and the game will be more kind of ironed out by the time we get to it. But again, like you said, Greg, as well, there that first patch, the first big patch, is always going to change the whole game, and everyone's always going to complain about it. And it's a case of it's a continuous thing. And I don't think until like what Zell said there about there being one game that maybe they bring out kind of the uh, new downloadable content each year for maybe new kits and new players and games, sort of that. I don't think we'll ever have a kind of consistent gameplay from year to year. Like I said, they've always got to kind of make it a little bit different to make it worthwhile buying the next one, not just kind of because you've got to build a new one with team each year, but a case of it is, there is a different game each year. It's not the same and it can be a little bit comparable, but because they've also got to make it a bit, little bit similar to the last one. They do well. like this every year. You'll notice with the marketing every year, they use like these catchphrases like I can't. I think one of them this year was like positioning personality, and in reality, let's be honest, they all mean absolutely nothing. It's just nonsense, mumbo jumbo marketing stuff to sell a game. But they have to to sell a new game. You can't put on the back of the box new players, transfers, updated new kits. That yeah. just doesn't that doesn't sell a game. For me, I want it to be a subscription based game where you pay five, six, seven. I don't know a pound a month. And they update it properly and make a good game, not make a rushed game that's buggy. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe they've looked into. I've heard some EA employees tell me in private that that is an option. I'd never obviously name people like that, but um, yeah. Until we get there, I think we're going to be stuck with. Like, I remember on FIFA 19, I think it was either eight or nine set pieces were fine in my opinion, and then they changed them, and everyone suddenly hated them again. It's like, but they change things that aren't broken because they have to change something mm -hmm. to sell the game. They have to have these marketing catchphrases on the back of the box or whatever. So, Yeah, it's a tough one. Mark, are you kind of, what, what do you make of kind of the changes and stuff this year within the game? 
Yeah, so for me personally, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but every year on FIFA there seems to be one feature which is added. This year it was sort of them. Um, assist is it assisted runs that you can make with your players? Yeah, um, yeah. Where you, yeah where the, you are the direction, yeah, the directional runs, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that was this year's. Um, going back, I think it was FIFA 19 with the time to finishing. And then I know the penalties was another one a couple of years back now. I feel like there's always one feature like that, which they add in. Sometimes it's a hit. Often it's a miss, like the times finishing and like with these player runs. And again, I think we've mentioned it in a previous podcast until they go back and maybe completely scrap the whole game code and start sit down, start from scratch and rebuild the game again. I think we're always going to experience these problems within the gameplay. But again... Like, like you know, I'm not a huge gameplay player, so my opinion might not be as good as the likes of Zells or Gregs who play a lot of FIFA. They'll know a lot more than I do. Yeah. We are going to move on to the next question here is um, from Zero Rikers Stream. He's got two questions. The first one, Carmen, kind of links in with the last one. He says here, what do you think the reason behind the last few updates having no gameplay changes? Is that, do you think EA thinks the game's in a good state right now? Um, Greg, I'll start with you first here. Do you, do you think that's the reason? Do you think EA are kind of happy with how the game is right now? That they kind of I think, stopped the gameplay? Yeah, stuff? I think they're happy. Um, I'm I'm going to talk on a, about myself, not a competitive player. Someone's a gold one player who... And I, I, I'm, I'm going to put out. I actually enjoy playing the game. Obviously, I, I get upset when I, when I when I don't lose or something goes against me, but that's that's the nature of myself in real football. I'll, I'll get upset, upset, upset if I don't perform well. Um, but for me, I enjoy the game. I'm just glad I'm not trying to defend Lacroquetas uh, and um, chip up back post crosses like I was in was it 19. Um, I'm just I'm just glad I can actually keep the ball on the pitch. There is things that need to be fixed, like the, the crossing. You can you can score so much from crossing still, and obviously through balls. So difficult to to defend. For me personally, I enjoy the game, and I think it's only this year where I've tried to step away from raging. Because previous years, I would just let that take over, and obviously, I broke a couple of controllers and put a hole in my desk just because I raged at the game. But I think holding my, I think I, I mentioned it last podcast I was on to or someone else. I'm trying to hold myself accountable more now. I don't know if it's because of my age and and whatnot, but I'm trying to say, okay, I could have done something better there, or I pulled the player out. So because I'm holding myself accountable, I think I'm enjoying it more and I'm learning from it instead of just blaming the game instantly. But obviously when, when there's money on the line for pros and competitive players, they, they might obviously have a different you know viewpoint, but that's for me. I enjoy it and I'll keep enjoying it until next one comes out. Yeah, no, I remember you saying last time, I think, you, I think I brought up a tweet from last time is that you said you were kind of holding yourself accountable when... Being honest with yourself, if you're making mistakes in a game, and I think it does help people. I think, like I said, it's kind of a case of if you make a mistake, not blaming EA first and foremost, and knowing that you are in control of your own decisions in games. Yes, there is stuff within the game that you might not like, make certain mechanics, but at the end of the day, if you can kind of be honest with yourself and not be angry at the game, then you'll probably come away with it more relaxed and maybe mm -hmm. a better player at the end of the day. Uh, Zella, you, what do you think of the game? Do you think there can be more updates? Do you think that EA kind of stuck with the game right now until the end? I mean, like I said, can come back to the one one title thing. Yeah. I think that we've talked about that. So I still think that the game's in a bad way because of that. Um, it feels like the patches and updates are just firefighting the issues. 
the game isn't good on the first patch. People just don't know the broken things yet. It's a myth that the game's perfect before the first patch and then they mess it up. People just haven't discovered the broken stuff yet. Um, I think one thing I would say is that until we get good servers, the gameplay somewhat doesn't matter. I've played, I've seen on the past few FIFAs, on LAN events, at pro events, the game is actually pretty good a lot of the time. There are issues, but the game is actually a lot, lot better. So when the developers are playing this game, on zero ping in their offices mm -hmm. or whatever, the game is a lot better. A yeah. lot of the issues are amplified by delay. If you try to beat someone in the box on this game, like good gameplay, like a point I make is I play, I remember I hit a 30 few weekends ago and I remember for about two, three hours, I was just destroying everyone and the gameplay felt amazing. I remember looking on my champs channel and this isn't to brag, like I said, I will always put the point I'm not a top pro. Like I've not done anything in the pro scene for the last few years. It's just weekend league. Uh, I remember I made an elite one play, finished on 28 wins, quit 7-0 down in 60 minutes. I blew through him. But then when I played, there was another few-hour period where it was really bad gameplay. And I was I still won every game, so I'm not just complaining because I lost or something. And I think I, I got taken to extra time by a goal two play. Like the gameplay, if doesn't matter how good the game is in the updates, if the gameplay and servers aren't fixed, which is a whole other rabbit hole, somewhat the game developers are in a bad way where it doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, that, that, I don't think it's yeah. the gameplay developers' fault, the servers. Yeah, it does affect the two again. Like I said, the gameplay can feel different from patch to patch, but it also does depend on what your connection is and how are you kind of how you find the gameplay that day. Again, you can play a whole weekend league. Can even be uh, between a Saturday and Sunday, and gameplay can be completely different. Um, but it is a tough one. I think the servers are, like I said, a different rabbit hole to go down, and they probably can adjust that. Probably can change that. But it is kind of tough to know truly what the normal gameplay is like when some people don't really experience that very often. Mark, I want to start with you on the next question here. The last one from Zero IQ Stream. He said that people are making out FIFA 21 to be the worst FIFA of all time. Do you agree? I feel like people forget the state of 19 and 20 after the first couple of gameplay updates. Okay, so there he's mentioned 19 and 20 and he's comparing it with M2. Um, no, I don't think FIFA 20 is anywhere near the worst FIFA game of all time. I mean, I've been here since probably the start of Ultimate Team on 09 and 10. And even when you look back to FIFA 12, FIFA 13 and 14, if we are just talking about gameplay or are we talking about the worst FIFA here? Because in terms of gameplay it's a whole lot better I, me I remember FIFA 13 when your likes of a Barbo and Sao Di Natale were around you could get the ball from kickoff and it was pace and headers like Remy was an absolute god on that game you could run down the line with Biabiani cross it in header and it was a goal and looking at where we've came now from that gameplay it's a massive difference and even the content as well Back then, there was no promos, there was no SBCs, there was trade offers, and that was about it. But, you know, to upgrade your team, you had gold cards, team of the weeks, and team of the years. So I don't think FIFA 21 is the worst FIFA of all time. And I think it's easy to look back on FIFA 19 and 18 and just remember the positives, but we don't remember the negatives of, like Greg mentioned in the past, the back post crosses on FIFA 19, I think, and the flick up and the volleys so I think is it the best 
it, for me potentially it could be one of the better ones and I think it's a, I think it's in the top half I don't think it's anywhere near being the worst one yeah Greg I want to move on to you next and now uh, end with Zoe because Zoe he put a tweet out earlier which kind of basically summarises this question very very well but Greg I'll go on to you next Greg what have been your been your opinion do you think FIFA 21 up there with one of the better ones um, yeah obviously we go back to 19 and 20 I just there were just things about this, the games that I just didn't like at all I just didn't enjoy playing them uh, but this year I feel like I've been able to keep the ball on the ground a lot more uh, the, the way I like playing um, I think it goes back to what Zell said about not adapting I didn't adapt in 19 when it was the flick up back, hole, back post cross and I, I said to myself I'm not going to play that kind of football I'm not going to go out my way to buy Ronaldo or Ibrahimovic. I think it was one of his one of his his cards. His, yeah, to 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 play to that. I, I just don't want to do it, and that hindered where I you know I finished in weekendly because I got in the positions. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I know I would try and just play the way I played, and it wasn't the meta. Um, so that's why I don't really like that game. But I, I feel like it is up there. It is could be potentially be one of the better Fifas. But there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be that side of the community who say it's the worst, it's terrible. But I just, it goes back to just this blame game that it, people get so easily tucked into because I just feel we're in this day and age now where the whole of social media is about blaming people, cancel culture, and, and people not taking accountability of what they've done. Or, you know, people can't take con- constructive criticism these days. And this is where I think where it comes down to people saying it's the game's fault, not my fault. So I enjoy it. I, I will I will back the game until two thousand you know, FIFA twenty two comes out. Um so yeah, whenever I see a tweet that people say they don't like the game and I I always try and give my side of the story why I enjoy the game. So yeah, I, I enjoy it and I'll I'll continue to say I enjoy it. Yeah, I think it all depends kind of what kind of boat you're in. If yeah. you if you had a good good experience with it, obviously you're gonna enjoy it. Um, so I want to move on to you next year. Like I said, it, what your tweet earlier was the uh, when the best when the best recent FIFA is discussed, people are just going to say whichever FIFA they were best at. Never see mm-hmm. consistent consensus. Um, kind of, I take it obviously you agree with it because you tweeted out earlier. But, um, but kind of, what's been your take on FIFA 21 this year compared to kind of previous ones? I think so. That tweet I said that people are generally going to like the FIFA that they were best at. It was more aimed at pros. I've had and this isn't to be disrespectful, I've had people saying I was gold two on this FIFA, which is my best, but I don't like it as much as this one. I was more going at pros. Like I, see so, I see so many. I follow most pros in FIFA. It's the same, like I follow some traders, but I'm not fully in with the trading scene and stuff. You know I mean, I see things as perspective as a pro player, someone top 200 player. Um, a lot of pros, some of the opinions I see, I just think are ridiculous. And it, they tend to always be I know the pro scene pretty well who's done what in the last four or five years. And if you ask any pro what their favourite FIFA is, it nearly always is the one that they did best at tournaments at. Um, but that comes back to what I would say is that it's all about perspective. So for me, my perspective that I'm going to look at the game, I'm more going to look at it from a gameplay sense than a content. Because for me, gameplay is the most important because that's what I play the game for. I don't play the game to open packs all day. And that's not a shot at anyone. If that's what they enjoy, that's fine. Um For me, I hate this game with a passion because it's the most inconsistent FIFA, in my opinion, in terms of the gameplay. It's just so random. Whereas on, I didn't like 19 either, but like Greg, 
I didn't adapt very well to the meta yeah. and I didn't I didn't do very well on 19. I got within a penalty shootout of making an event on 19 and I didn't use the crosses, volleys or anything and it hurt me and it hindered me as a player. Um, I much prefer 20 in the last few years because and I didn't like 20 that much but the gameplay was at least for me consistent and that matters to me more than content creators who are completely based around packs and promos. Like for me as well, I'd say any FIFA before 17 is automatically worse. Just from my perspective, before then, I couldn't earn a good team. We didn't have squad battles, we didn't have uh, foot champs. Like Mark said, there's this recency bias about hating things now and then nostalgia makes people like games more. I didn't play FIFA past November ever before FIFA 17. What was there to do? There just wasn't a lot to do on the old games, so... I think perspective's important, but for me, I don't like this game because of the way the game plays. I'm, I don't struggle in weekend league. I do fine in it. It's not because I'm... I, it's not, that's not the issue. It's just I don't enjoy playing a game and it just being really inconsistent. One minute no. I'll shoot from eight yards with Eusebio. Yeah. He missed like two chances for me today from eight yards and then he scored a 30-yard volley today. So, yeah. Yeah, when you say that inconsistency, I, I replied to someone's tweet, I think it was yesterday or today. Um, they were talking about the gameplay, and I think I said it, the, the, the reason why people don't like the game is because how inconsistent. I think it was talking yeah. about DDN scripting. Yeah. I said, I don't believe this DDR scripting in the game. I just believe the game is that inconsistent. People want to believe it's because of scripting in DDA. Um, yeah. But like you said, it is one of the most inconsistent games but i think i've just come to terms with that yeah things are going to happen random things are going to happen and i've just got to move on from it 20 was pretty consistent compared to most features yeah. but it's quite boring <laughs> it was quite realistic to real football as well yeah but in real football you have 90 plus minutes to defend mm -hmm. it's hard to do that so yeah it's just all it's all about perspective and that's why you get so many different answers and so many people say you're wrong because that's your opinion but your opinion same with anything in life, it's based on your experiences and stuff. Yeah, I, it's, like I said it for me as well. Obviously, with more content side of things, I think you probably enjoy the the game most, which you have the best team in. Maybe a the game where you've got the best pat luck, or you've packed a few team of the years, few team of the seasons, and you're happy with your team end of the year. So you're you're in a good position. I think people obviously hate the game if they don't do as well, or maybe if they've not packed players that they expect to. Um, like I said, it's different. It's all down to kind of your perspective on things and how you your experience has been within the game is going to kind of mold the way you think about it. So it's very tough, I think, to have a consensus kind of feeling about it all. But also, again, it doesn't help the fact that social media that people kind of don't always have their own thoughts and own opinions. They've kind of got piggyback on other people, and they see like their favorite content creators come out and said that the game is is shit and the game has DDA and so like this. They're going to be like, oh, well, DDA is a thing. So and so said it's a, it's a thing. Um, so it's tough. I don't think EA can ever win. But there's ways to make it. Again, it's consistency, really, I think. I think that's kind of what we're all getting at here, really, is consistency is the key. And if there is a point where there maybe is one title and they kind of have a subscription base and they the game is consistent from year to year and only change a few things, then that's a possibility. But I think, like I said, like Zell said earlier, is the fact that they only spend four to six weeks in gameplay or developing it. And you know over the year it's going to change again from month to month, from patch to patch. So it's, it's a tough question to like to really answer in a, in a 
in a good way for or for a way to people for people to want to know like a good answer but i don't think they can ever win and i don't think it's ever going to be a one answer kind of suits everyone it's a tough one we are going to wrap things up there um we'll always go through it, i guess and where you can find a mark we'll start with you mark where can people where can people find you People can find me over on Twitter at MarkFootTrader and MarkFootTrader again over on TikTok. And you are, you're posting pretty regularly on TikTok, aren't you? TikTok Try famous it. now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get them out now and again, you know what I mean. <laughs> Greg, where can people find you? Uh, Twitch and Twitter, uh, forward slash Greg Hartley. Twitter is an underscore at the end. Twitch is not, but obviously not streaming right now because Talk Talker just messing with my internet. So hopefully by tomorrow we'll be back streaming, but keep a lookout. When is your normal schedule as well, Greg, for your stream? Uh, it's all over the place right now due to the internet. So, But if we did stream, it's normally from like five or six in the afternoon GMT. Okay, perfect. And Zelonius, where can people find you? At Zelonius on Twitter, Zelonius92 on Twitch, and Zelonius FIFA on YouTube. And Zelonius, when do you normally stream as well? Uh, I try and stick to a stream schedule of roughly 2 till 6 p.m. UK time on a weekday. And then weekends, it tends to be evening with Weekend League. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Mm -hmm.